Just godly thing. Yeah, JGT. Hopped on a plane. It's so true. We did hop on a plane. And flew to YWAM Kona. Dude, we're here right now. It's amazing. For their discipleship training school program. Yo, we're recording this in a bathroom. <laughs> we'll be here for 12 weeks. This is, this is week number three we're going into. Doing lots of Christian things. Oh, man, it's been so good. Going deeper into healing. And freedom, dude. Freedom. Through encountering Jesus. That's right. It's just through Jesus. It's kind of like summer camp for young adults with therapy and healing. So Hogwarts from Harry Potter. Except this is the real yeah, thing. It's so, so real come here. And join the fun today. Cause we are all its workmanship. And he's began such a good oh, work. Wow. In our yeah, dude, soul. it's so true. Such a good wow, what a, what a great work he's began in us here on JGT. Amen. Jesus, we just worship you. You're so good for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Oh, baby. Let's go. Hey, wow, welcome to Just Godly Things. <laughs> I'm here with Brittany, and we are on location in Kona, Hawaii. You want to say hi, sis? Hi. Yeah, hey. we're coming at you from Kona, Hawaii, from the YWAM base. Youth with a Mission. And if you've been tuning into Just Godly Things, then you know a lot about Youth with a Mission. And if you're just here for Brittany's episode, welcome. We're <laughs> just so grateful to have you here. And this episode is probably going to have three parts. I think, Brittany, we're going to hear your story because mm -hmm. it's amazing. And we're going to hear a little bit about our friendship and how that's developed over the years because we met in post-secondary, actually. Mm -hmm. I was doing a ministry program. Um, helping out at our college campuses. I should say university. I say college campus now because that's what they say in America. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I went to college up in Canada. <laughs> but at our university campuses in uh, Calgary. And then I met you during that time. Mm -hmm. And now we are somehow here at YWAM together. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Amazing. It's, so we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Yeah, it's been an adventure to say the least. So good. I'm kind of sure. sweaty right now. We turned the fans off to be in this room in the silence. Um, there's a worship night happening right now, so a lot of people are there, but you and I were like, let's hide in a room and do the <laughs> podcast, so we'll see if anyone's going to come in the door or not, but we'll just edit that out. But you also might hear some random people yelling and screaming outside, so let's get this party started. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Brittany, um, what's up? What do you want to share? Did you come from a Christian home? or? Yeah, I did come from, come from a Christian home. Um, I'll be sharing my testimony today, and I think we're going to talk about how we ended up in YWAM and what it means to die to yourself, and also if um, some of my perspectives have changed since coming to Christ, specifically if um, I am pro-choice or pro-life. Wow. Yeah. Great. I love that you just put that in there right off the get-go. Uh -huh. Let's go. Excited to see what you say about that. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so you came from a Christian home. Mm -hmm. So mom and dad are Christian or what? My mom was Christian, and my dad was atheist or Buddhist when it was convenient. Um, but yeah, we grew up going to church, and Sunday school was big for us. Yeah, I learned about um, the little kids' stories like Adam and Eve, Noah and the Ark, um, Jonah and the Whale. Um, but it was very abstract to me, like a lot of fairy tale mm -hmm. stories that mm -hmm. I didn't really know mm -hmm. um, how they really related to my life and if they were even real. So. Well, yeah. But constantly going to church as mm -hmm. a family. Would you talk about, well, so would your, both your parents go to church then or? My mom would drop us off actually. And really? then she'd go and run errands while we were at church. Aww. Yeah. Bless her heart. She was great. But we had a lot of fun. It was really social and our cousins went. So yeah, it was just a great, it was, it was a hoot. 
a hoot. It really was. So, but you thought they were like fairy tale stories. So, like mm-hmm. you low key believed in God, but not really, or what? Yeah, I think that I kind of just thought that God was like this concept. Like, if he was real, that he lived in like a cloud somewhere like way up high and mm-hmm. that he was usually really mad and mm-hmm. so he wasn't like a friend mm-hmm. he was someone that you really needed to f- you really needed to fear um so he just wasn't my favorite person at all but wow. there was a time when i do remember um just knowing that he kind of loved me well wow. because someone had told me that and as a kid like you know you're kind of just drawn to like love like you hang out with your favorite aunt the fun aunt fun mm-hmm. uncle mm-hmm. and it's just because they're loving and you don't really question it and so there was a point where um simply because i was told that this person loved me i believed it yeah but as i kind of grew up um i definitely fell away from that just from going to public school and being exposed to like tv shows and like the media and just like the world, like all these social trends that are really um, fast paced and just constantly changing and progressive. But I did identify as Christian and I'm actually a fourth generation Christian. Hmm. Um, about three generations ago, some missionaries touched down in China and they went to the village that my great granddad was living in. And through them, my great granddad was actually born again and he was the village doctor. and. Wow. He just started giving out like free medical care and medical services. And so through my granddad, um, the village came to Christ. Wow. (laughs) And also through my granddad, um, we've just had like generations of like born agains. um, Wow. Down to my brother and I. So that's been really cool because it just shows that Jesus is like a ripple effect. Like his love spreads like wildfire. And he just pays attention to like every little detail so that's really neat that's so powerful that's incredible Mm -hmm. (sighs) so yeah i told people that i was christian even though i didn't really feel christian and looking back i think that fake christian is the perfect term to describe what i was i was a self-serving fake christian and i hated hypocrisy within the church without even realizing that i was contributing to it Mm. because i was like living this double life like i'd serve on sundays and then i'd serve myself every other day of the week Hmm. Um, most Sunday mornings I'd show up like hungover and I couldn't even tell you like a single sermon that I actually remember paying attention to. Wow. <laughs> um, I always kind of felt like God was real, but in the back of my head, I kind of wondered what if he isn't. And as far as I understood, like, yeah, he was just really abstract. And that was just a notion that I carried for, um, years. Hmm. I'd been asked several times to be baptized, but um, that really scared me because I think I viewed baptism as like retirement from fun and from sin, and that wasn't something that I ever wanted to commit to. Yeah. So it was it was it was just something that I would kind of put like on the back burner and I'd shrug off. But I think the real issue was that I didn't really love myself, and I think I just spent like my entire life really hating myself, and yeah. because I hated myself. And I didn't think that I was deserving of love and acceptance. I couldn't accept the love that God wanted to give me. Wow. I was just really broken. And I spent like years digging this hole in my heart that nothing from this world could ever fill. Hmm. But anything that had like the potential or the promise to like fulfill and like satisfy that hole, like I just like run after it with everything that I had. Wow. At first I thought that if I was pretty, that would be enough, that I'd be happy, that mm-hmm. I'd be loved. Um, and to me, being pretty meant being skinny. So at the age of 10, I became bulimic, and then I became anorexic. Wow. 
um, all this like while I'm like in the fifth grade. Yeah, a rumor ended up spreading around my school that um, I was anorexic and some kids started what they called the Britney challenge where you would just like not eat for like an entire week and you just see how far you could last. Wow. And yeah, that was something that just really broke my heart at the age of 10 um, because it was true and I really was anorexic and I just, I knew that it was wrong and I knew that it wasn't the answer, but um, it was also validating too though to have like that kind of attention and to, right. yeah, to know that people were talking about me like in a really warped and twisted way. Like I loved it, but I hated it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did um, that continue on? It did for like the next 10 years. Um, I grew out of anorexia and I developed what they call orthorexia nervosa, which is where you kind of eat obsessively clean. So I'd carry a scale around with me in my purse and wow. I'd weigh out like every meal at every restaurant. Oh, wow. And it was very obsessive, very compulsive and just really unfulfilling, very unhealthy. Um, but it looked like I had it together because mm -hmm. I looked great and I was eating clean, but mentally and spiritually too, like it was not good for me. It was really devastating and just left me feeling really high and dry. Wow. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I really struggled with um, growing up. Another thing that kind of really marked me was um, an encounter that I had with our family friend's son. He was really inappropriate with me and that really twisted my mind too because in a way um, it made me feel really dirty and confused because mm. I knew that it was wrong even though I was really young. Wow. But it was like attention that I really wanted and it was love that I, or it was what I thought was love that I really needed. Yeah. And it didn't help that I had a lot of daddy issues um, I'll talk about my dad in a little bit, sure, but yeah. yeah, something that my dad told me when I was really young was that I looked like a hooker. Whoa. And I didn't know it at the time, but that seed just like really manifested into like some really poor choices and really mm -hmm. ugly decisions um, that I made in my life. And yeah, I just, I think it was just the idea of being like sexualized and objectified by men and that like my own father kind of viewed me in that light. Mm -hmm. Like that was just really heartbreaking. And I just really like came into agreement mm -hmm. with that label. Whoa. Um, because I really thought that if, you know, if I found someone who loved me, that that would be an indication that I was worthy. Right. Um, that I could be loved, that I could be accepted. So I would throw myself into relationship after relationship I'd often date older guys um, because that was more validating. I settled for what I felt I deserved, um, men who wanted to hurt me. My standards were really low and eventually I found myself surrounded by men who were known as sexually assault women and who were literal criminals. Whoa. And yeah, they just, they were never capable of loving me because they were hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. And needless to say, like they were never enough. Um, it was in November, 2019 that I was actually sexually assaulted by someone that I had been casually seeing and they say that we accept the love that we think we deserve mm -hmm. and I think that that couldn't have been more true wow. for me because um, I just didn't think that I deserved better than that so I just stayed in that really abusive relationship. Wow. Yeah, I also spent thousands and thousands of dollars chasing highs across the world, um, going on trip after trip. Every other month was a new trip hmm. because maybe if I was well-traveled people would think people would think that I loved myself 
fake it till you make it kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, or at the very least, people would be like envious of me and that would mm-hmm. be really mm-hmm. just, that'd make me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Even when on mission trips, going to Uganda and the Dominican, thinking that it would make me worthy and significant in some way, but it was never enough. Yeah, because um, you're like going to church over all these years? Mm-hmm. Like here and there, like I stopped for a while, but I pop in every mm-hmm. so often to you know, get a nice ego boost. Totally. Yeah. That's so funny because, like, you and I met <laughs> during your undergrad. Uh, and you would, like, come to some women's groups that I would run. Girls I remember, Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And you always were so, like, well-spoken. Seriously, I'm like, wow, she's got good quotes. She's, like, got a good, whatever's going on there. Like, wouldn't fully open up. You wouldn't uh-huh. open up. But you'd always be like, hey, girls, so good to see you. And she's <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, I was so fake. Oh, my goodness. No fruit. You're good at being fake. You were. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I'm free, though. Praise Jesus. Amen. Um, Yeah. I think I just, like, really got warped up in, like, faking it, though, and living that double life because that was my understanding of Christianity. I only really knew, like, the watered-down gospel and watered-down Christianity. That's so crazy. What did you think about, so we were on that Dominican trip, you and I were on it together. Mm-hmm. I was helping lead it. So what did you think about all the Christian things we were doing then? Because we would have worship nights, we'd read the word, we'd pray. Did you think anything about that stuff? I don't remember reading the word, but I do remember worship. And I loved worship growing up because I love music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love worship. That was nice. But it was really superficial for me. But mm-hmm. that was also my relationship with God. It was really superficial and just like a mask was yeah. intimate at all and I didn't, I didn't really know him right so as far or you as, just show up and serve him and that's it I'd serve people yeah. I'd serve um I was really just serving myself because I wanted to have like a good reputation yeah yeah wow. it was never really for God or even for people it was definitely just for myself uh-huh yeah so that I could have like a nice pat on the back you know yeah wow yeah I planned all these things for myself but I always had like this lingering fear in the back of my head that I'd never actually be happy because I would always wonder, like, when I'd actually be able to, like, live out my purpose, mm-hmm. what it even was, when when it would ever be enough, um, when I'd finally be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. These are probably, like, really big questions that a lot of people ask themselves. You know, when yeah. am I ever going to reach, like, fulfillment and just, like, peace? Yeah. Yeah. I had a really addictive personality, and I ended up becoming really addicted to, like, unhealthy coping mechanisms. Hmm. Um, I've had a lot of vices that I've struggled with that really became idols in my life, like gambling, drinking, men, women, partying, and it all consumed me, like especially alcohol. That was something that I really struggled with and Mm -hmm. that really started at the age of 15. Like I'd be 15 and like drunk out of my mind, just blackout drunk downtown in the middle of the night. Wow. Just like in really dangerous situations, really reckless. Wow. There's a term called destination addiction, the idea that happiness is the next thing, a job, a place, or a relationship. And that was literally the story of my life. I was always focused on the high that was promised from whatever I had from whatever I had planned next. I was always searching, always yearning, and I think that my life was just really self-destructive. Mm. And I was really scared of being alone because I was actually scared of like having to confront like the reality of myself and like the fact that I really hated myself. Wow. Yeah, and I did all these things that I thought I loved doing, but I really just did them because I wanted to be loved. 
and I committed a lot of sins that were really comforting but really just kind of left me even more empty and more like ashamed of myself. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating that you say comforting. Mm -hmm. stuff kind of, it is comforting it in the be. moment, right? Yeah, for sure. I think I also just like hated everyone too and that wasn't something that I ever really realized either. Like, I just, I didn't realize it. Yeah. Because I didn't really realize how much I hated myself. Yeah. And you can only you can only love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And because I like had zero love for myself, yeah. I had zero love for my neighbors. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. My dad didn't give himself to God until 15 hours before he died from cancer, and that should have been a miracle, and I should have been really happy. Wow. But instead, I really hated him. Wow. And yeah, I was just really heartbroken from just how he treated us and how just abandoned I felt by him and how mm. like hurt I'd been by him and his passiveness and it was just easier to hate him than to feel like the hurt that I had because of him wow yeah and to cope with like that pain I just like really masked that wound the things that just would continue to like hurt me mm -hmm. and would just like dig that deeper hole wow. in my heart yeah things that kind of just numbed the pain but never actually healed me. Yeah. When COVID shut the world down, I was faced with like the reality that my coping mechanisms were like never actually sustainable. Hmm. So finally, it was in June of 2020 that my sexual assault kind of caught up with me and I kind of just really had to address that it happened. Hmm. And the Lord once gave me the image of like a broken bone that had healed like misaligned mm -hmm. and he'd shown me the bone being reset so that it could finally heal properly wow. and I think that for me like the problem was that I was so scared of the pain that came with like resetting that bone that I would do anything to avoid feeling that pain and so it was easier to be angry than it was to be hurt so I became just so furious and just so hateful and I just remember like vowing to report the person who had hurt me because I just wanted revenge and I just wanted to ruin his life. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I just, I thought that that would make me feel better about myself, but there was just like this voice in the back of my head that told me that revenge, it wasn't for me, that that wasn't gonna be enough, that that wouldn't fix what had happened. Wow. So, yeah, I just spiraled into like a really crippling depression. And I couldn't reach for my vices in like the middle of the pandemic. So I just really fell back on trying to self-medicate myself by never being sober. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I would, I would drink by myself in my room like every day. I would get high by myself every day and wow. I would just run away from like any and all pain. And I really started to like isolate myself from my friends and they felt it, but they like, they didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah. And this went on for weeks. And it was towards the end of July that I started to get like this really crazy brain fog and nausea and like migraine that was so intense that I couldn't function for days. Like I felt like I was drunk and hung over for like days. Wow. I couldn't drive. I was like vomiting. I was so ill and just like in so much physical pain. And I remember being really scared and freaked out because I just got my wisdom teeth ex extracted and mm -hmm. I was on like five different pain meds so I was mm -hmm. wondering if like you know those meds were like messing with my mind yeah. and with my body um, I just gone off of like the contraceptive pill so I was wondering if that was if that was it 
And I think a part of me was also really scared that like maybe it was just from like what I was doing to myself every night, like mm-hmm. just like the numbing, like the self-medicating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just like, I couldn't understand what it was and what was happening to me. And I was scared because I really felt like I was losing my mind. Wow. And it was around this time that a really good male friend of mine who actually played a really big part in my walk with God um, confronted me with like the reality of my life. Like he just came, he confronted me and he wasn't like the first to do this. Like a lot of my friends had tried before, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I never wanted to hear it. And instead I would want to like play the victim and just like justify my actions. But I just remember that that time was different because I actually heard what he had to say. And it was kind of like in that moment when he was telling me um, the reality of my life, it was like that brain fog that I'd been experiencing like was lifted and I could really hear him. (laughs) And I just never really understood the damage that I did in in my relationship with him until I actually allowed him to express the pain and the trauma I'd caused him when I was trying to want to when I was trying to run away from my own pain and trauma. And he even called me out for like hurting my own mom because he'd been around when I would make really hurtful and hateful comments about my dad whenever she would bring him up. Wow. And he would see it, but I was just so blind to it. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I just like, I, I couldn't see that I was hurting people. And it was really through that conversation that I was led to like this mental breakdown And it was like the first and only mental breakdown that I've ever had, like the ones that you see on TV. And it was really, really scary for my family to watch. Hmm. I just like fell into like this chaotic mental mess. And I try to remember the last time I was happy, like really happy for myself because I knew I was loved. And I remembered running into my mom's arms like on the last day of school and how safe and constant that felt. So I turned to her and I broke down and she held me as I cried for days. Wow. And she was really worried about me. She wanted to take me to the hospital and um, get me checked out because she was just really worried that I would take my own life and that there was just something going on with me. Yeah. I was bedridden and I didn't eat. I I just cried and I thought and I thought and I thought about myself and... I just felt for the first time that it was important for me to peel back all those layers and all those walls, repressions and suppressions that Mm. I built around like the wounds that I never wanted to address. Wow. And the only thing more painful than being like confronted by like my own naked wounds was that I had actually hurt people in the process of running away from my own pain. Wow. For the first time I cried because of the people I hurt in the process of fighting this war within myself. And I cried because of the pain I'd cause others. I was the problem and I had always been the problem. I just like never saw that. I never saw that Mm. I was causing hurt. Mm. And I think in a way, like I just was hit with like the realization that like I was who I was so angry with, that I was like who I really hated. Wow. And that just led to, like, the realization of, like, the weight of, like, this guilt and, like, this shame and, like, all this regret that really just, like, broke my heart and really just broke me, like, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Wow. And I didn't want to hide from it this time. And I was just really grieved by, like, the reality of the lies that I've been living under. Yeah, the Bible kind of talks about that, actually, um, about how 
in the book of Genesis, like Adam shifted like the blame to Eve and Eve shifted the blame to like the serpent. And uh-huh. they had they had like this victim mentality. And I think for the first time I realized that, oh, like those stories in the Bible, like I kind of get it now. Like it does, it applies to my life. And I realized uh-huh. like, oh my goodness, like that's what I'm doing. That's what I've been doing. Like I've been blaming other people for like all my problems. Wow. Um, but really like I'm the issue. Wow. I'm the one who like really messed up. And I think for the first time, I really understood what it meant to repent because in that moment, I realized that I needed to change my ways. Hmm. So that's what I did because there was literally like no other way. Wow. And so I just kind of really unraveled and undid and unlearned a lot of like these these thoughts that I had and all these lies that um, I'd been clinging onto because they were comforting, you know? Yeah. And... It was really painful because I was forced to relive memories that I didn't want to relive and a lot of traumas that I didn't want to remember. And even in my own mom's arms, like, it wasn't enough to heal me. And on day three of just being really, really broken and depressed, I did what I always do and I tried to, like, fill that void with something that might be comforting. And I was scrolling on Instagram, just waiting for something to like trigger like a dopamine release. Um, And someone had posted that the best way to start and end your day is by being with Jesus. Hmm. And I remember that kind of just triggered a memory to like my childhood. And I was in the first grade and I was coloring in my art book in school and I'd drawn a photo of me and Jesus and I'd written, Jesus loves you. Wow. And I just remembered that childlike faith and how much I missed it. You know, just like the innocence and the purity. Wow. Before like I'd done anything or experienced anything that I needed to be ashamed of. Mm. Before I'd messed up like so badly that I couldn't even recognize who or what I was anymore. Wow. So I kind of just figured like, you know, what do I have to lose? So I cracked open my Bible um, for the first time ever. Wow. (laughs) And I went to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and I just remember sitting there and like bawling my eyes out because at this point I lived a life so full of sin like just so much sin and a part of me was so ashamed and I felt like there's no way that God if he was even real could love and accept me after I after all that I'd done like yeah like who would want damaged goods well Um, But 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And that passage to me was the gospel. Hmm. And in that moment, I realized that I had never loved myself. And because I had never loved myself, I hadn't been able to love others. And I was none of these things. Wow. But I wanted to be all these things. And I wanted to be worthy of love and acceptance. I just didn't know how to be or if I, if that was even possible for me. Hmm. And I remember just like contemplating all these things and just wondering, you know, if God is real, like this changes everything. But if he isn't then like I'm still a mess and I don't know how to keep living yeah um and it was just really timely 
because my really good friend from high school texted me at that moment. He's like a really big friendly giant. And he just, out of nowhere, he just texted me and he said, hey, like, talk to me. Something's wrong, what's going on? Hmm. And I remember being so scared because I was scared that if I told him that I wasn't okay, that he'd be like really annoyed because then he'd actually have to hear me out and like hear me talk about my problems. Well, yeah. But I think God just really revealed to me in that moment that that was a projection of my own like inner thoughts Hmm. and that I wouldn't want to be the friend who would be there and talk to you about like what was really going on in your heart Mm. and if you're and hear you out if you're really struggling. But I really felt like God was asking me, like, do you want to be loving? Do you, do you want to be worthy of love and acceptance? And I wanted to say yes, and I wanted to believe it. So I just told my friend everything, like, wow. all the things that I'd done, yeah, um, everything that had happened to me, and just, like, where I was at, like, mentally and emotionally. Wow. And he came over, and he actually just said to me, like, Brittany, do you want to just try And I didn't really understand um, what that meant. But I got into his car and he drove me to Chapters to buy a a journal because he knows I love to write. And he brought me over to his house and he just like showered me with like all my love languages. Mm. And he let me meet his puppy and he just like really loved on me and just Mm -hmm. like blessed me. And I just remember being horrified because I thought that he would try to sleep with me. Wow. But God just like kind of really nipped that in the bud, and I just really realized for the first time ever that I could that I could embrace the fact that someone could love me without wanting anything in return. Wow! And He just really loved me like a sister that day, and it was just so healing. Wow, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I went home that night, and I just cried in the shower because I just like bared my entire soul like to my friend and mm-hmm. to God. And God sent me that friend. And so if, you know, if my friend could love me that much, knowing like all that I'd done and just like all my like deepest and darkest shames, like Mm -hmm. how much more could God love me and accept me and want me? And, you know, some might call it a coincidence, but to those people, I really feel like you just need to soften your heart when you hear God's voice. Yeah. And yeah, I was in that shower when my life kind of just changed and I've coined it my magical shower. That's what I call it. (laughs) Because um, that's when I really encountered Jesus. And I find it really hard to explain what happened to me in that shower. But it was supernatural. Wow. And I didn't believe in the supernatural. And I don't. I didn't grow up believing that God was supernatural. Like, that was just never preached to me. I didn't really yeah. know who God was in the first place, right? Yeah. But it was really in that shower that I was crying. Because for the first time ever, I realized, oh my goodness, like, Jesus is real. And I just felt like his presence came to me in that shower. And he was kind of just like stirring around me. And I just remember encountering him. And in a way, I felt like he was kind of just tugging at my heart. And he was telling me that like he knew, like he knew that I'd been hurting. He knew that I'd been angry, but that I could give all that to him, that I could Mm -hmm. surrender it all to him. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, that's what I did. And I just let go of everything. And it's kind of like when you start swimming upstream and you let go and you just become consumed because that's kind of what just happened to me. And in that moment, I just felt things falling off of me. Wow. Like I felt my eating disorders fall off of me and I felt like poor coping mechanisms fall off of me. Shame and guilt and pain, everything. Just like I literally felt it. 
fall off of me. Wow. And my heart was just like overflowing, like where there had once been like a hole, it was now like overflowing. And (laughs) I didn't know about the Holy Spirit at the time. Like I just, I never learned about the Holy Spirit. And so in that moment, I just kind of felt like, oh my goodness, like Jesus is inside of me. Like, first of all, he's real (laughs) and, and he's inside of me. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. Um, And in that moment, it's kind of just like he downloaded all these things into my head. And I realized that like, this was my purpose. This is what I meant to do. Like, I meant to be love and I meant to love people. And, you know, when you go your entire life, like striving and yearning and like, just being fixated on like the next move like and you encounter like the love of God you realize that you really do just get a rest in him Mm. and that's how I felt in that moment Mm. I'm just so fulfilled and just so whole in a way that I never felt before and I didn't know it at the time but the Bible talks about how he who believes out of his heart will flow rivers of living of living water and that's literally how I felt and a lot of like biblical things were happening to me that I didn't really know about because I never read the Bible and the way I describe that is like a little kid getting hiccups for the first time just like picture a little baby getting hiccups Uh they're experiencing it but their brain is like what the heck is going on like I I don't I've never experienced this before I don't have any knowledge of what's going on like that's what happened to me when I was born again Wow. and the only term that I really know how to describe it by is like revival like I was literally in the pit of my existence and I was revived and wow. yeah I got out of that shower and you're actually like the first person that I texted <laughs> and I was like Catherine like I need to get baptized <laughs> which is crazy because I never would have wanted to get baptized like I Whoa. didn't never like I woke up that I went into that shower like yeah. not thinking about baptism not knowing that that's something that I wanted to do, that I needed to do. Whoa. And it was just the overflow of your heart. It was, absolutely. That's Um, radical. It was crazy. The next morning, I read 1 Corinthians 14, because I just felt like, you know, if I read 1 Corinthians 13, I should read chapter 14 the next day. Great. And I started speaking in tongues. Whoa. And (laughs) I really thought I'd lost it. I was like, I've either really found Jesus, or I'm like in cuckoo town. (laughs) I've lost it, you know, but um, it's crazy. It's you really do walk out in faith because, you know, you open your mouth and you're just like words just like flow out of it. Wow. And that's tongues. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it's supernatural. And yeah. God's shown me like just what a blessing it is. That's um, so powerful. Yeah. Like a couple days after I was saved, um, I realized that I really needed to process my assaults. Mm hmm. And God kind of put on my heart that I had to start to trust men again. And so mm-hmm. I actually called my cousin who was born again himself. He has like a really radical transformation himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I called him. I went over to his house and I just started crying into his arms. And I was just like bawling and just telling him like what Whoa. had happened to me, um, how I found God, how I was like assaulted, how that killed me and just like where I was at. And he just, like, really, like, just loved on me. Kind of like how Ivan was there for you that night. And you just, like, really encountered Jesus. Like, that was, that was what he was for me. Just, like, a big brother to, like, comfort me. And he, we read, like, the Bible together. And he just really blessed me. And I remember looking at him at one point. And I said, hey, like, don't be angry at him. And he kind of just, like, looked at me. And I could tell that he was wrestling. Because he was so angry that someone had hurt me wow 
but at the end of the day, like his love for me was greater than his hate mm-hmm. for who had hurt me. Yeah. And so he said to me that I was right and that we just really had to focus on the fact that this person was hurting and broken himself. Yeah. And that his sins, like, are not who he is. And I went home that night and I remember, like, trying to sleep. And it was like one in the morning, but I just felt really anxious and I felt like I needed to be praying. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know why I needed to be praying. So I just started praying in tongues. Uh-huh. And I started praying for, yeah, I just started praying in tongues. And I realized after a while that I was praying for my cousin, but I didn't understand why. Wow. And eventually the anxiety passed. And the next day I was at work, it was like 10 in the morning when the anxiety kind of came back. And I felt like I needed to be praying in tongues again. Wow. And I got like an image of my cousin and I felt like I was praying for him, but I just, like, I didn't understand why wow. or what was going on. I just knew that he needed someone to intercede for him. Yeah. Um, and later in the evening, I shot him a text because I just like had a feeling um, that something was up. And I, I shot him a text and I asked him like, hey, were you, like really random question, but were you really angry last night at this hour and this morning at this hour? And he mm. said that he was. Wow. And so that's like the Holy Spirit working in supernatural ways. Yeah. Wow. Because like God knew that he was struggling with self-control and that he was just really hurting in that moment. And God knew that he needed he needed someone to be praying for him. Wow. And <laughs> he just, so cool. yeah, it was supernatural. It was, I just got to intercede for my cousin because wow. like I felt prompted to by like the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. It was crazy. And you're like two days into the Lord. Yeah. I was two <laughs> days old in, in the Lord. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, another thing that kind of happened that um, was really redemptive was that God brought me back to my dad's grave. Hmm. Um, yeah. A couple of days after I was born again, I was driving when I realized that I was driving to my dad's cemetery. Wow. And I realized that I had to go because I hadn't been since he passed away like three and a half years before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I went straight to the graveyard and um, I knew that it was time for me to just really let go of like that pain and that trauma that I kind of felt and been holding on to. Yeah. So I just like paced from like row to row trying to find my dad's tombstone not knowing what it looked like, not really knowing where it was, but kind of just like knowing like the vicinity. And I was pacing for what felt like an hour, mm-hmm. um, just praying the entire time and thanking God for leading me there because I just knew that it would be really freeing. And I just like, I had like this faith and this trust in him um, that it would be okay. Yeah. But I couldn't find the tombstone for like the life of me. Wow. And I remember like just praying to God and me like, hey God, like I'm really confused. Like you've led me here, but I can't find my dad's tombstone. Mm. And I felt God kind of telling me that the reason why I couldn't find it was because I had to call my dad's side of the family Mm. and ask them for directions to the tombstone. And I remember being like, wait, no, (laughs) no, I haven't talked to them in years. Like, there's no way that I'm going to call my dad's side of the family and ask them for like directions to my dad's tombstone. And so I'm like arguing with God, like I'm swearing into like this guy. I'm like this crazy (laughs) person at like the cemetery. And yeah, I'm arguing with God for like at least 10 minutes when I realized that I really need to surrender my pride to him. Yeah. And so I just gave in and I called my uncle from where I was standing. I called my uncle and I hadn't spoken to him in years, but he was just so happy to help me. And he Mm. just like was chuckling um, at the fact that like I was even there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
and he told me okay like from where you're standing look for a heart-shaped tombstone in front of a fence and then look two in front of that tombstone and then two to the left and that's where your dad's tombstone is and I just fell to my knees in that moment because I realized that I'd been standing there for 10 minutes like I was right where I needed to be my dad's tombstone with his face and his name was like literally right in front of me wow. for like the past 10 minutes I just couldn't see it because wow. I couldn't see past my pride but as soon as I surrendered that I had eyes to see wow and I just kind of just let year I let go of years of like unforgiveness and wow. pain and I just realized that I loved and accepted my dad for all that he was and all that he wasn't wow. all that he was and all that he wasn't yeah yeah and you just felt it in that moment or what How did yeah just like the pain fell off of me and I just realized that I'd already forgiven him well like I was just there to be healed from it and to just be like set free from it yeah you know what I mean that's incredible mm -hmm. Because some people, when it comes to, like, forgiveness and healing and forgiving your parents or even mm -hmm. the sexual assault stuff and everything, like, yeah. sometimes that's, like, a years and years, like, a long journey, a long Absolutely. process and all those layers being peeled back. But, like, mm -hmm. the Lord literally just he started from it. tossing things off of you. <laughs> literally. Yeah, like, things that should have taken me years of, like, therapy to, like, recover from and heal from or to even, like, process. Yeah. Um, I was just like set free of like right then and there wow. when I encountered him in the shower. Yeah. And that's incredible. That's what I preach too. Like going forward, like when I tell people about Jesus, I see that there's instantaneous freedom. Mm -hmm. There's instantaneous deliverance. Yeah. From every pain that you've ever felt. Yeah. It's there's just freedom in Jesus. That's so good. And you don't have to wait for it. Yeah. Like salvation in Greek, sozo means to be delivered to be set free to be made whole to yeah. be healed wow and i just i believe that it's for everyone yeah amen yeah. that's so good mm -hmm. i love what you were saying too when you're like oh this bible stuff is finally starting to make sense like adam and eve playing the blame game and blame shifting and they're the ones who put on clothes after they sinned or whatever they put the leaves on and then god mm -hmm. ended up killing an animal and giving them clothes but it's interesting when you started taking off your clothes you know metaphorically speaking and you started confessing that stuff to your buddy your friend mm -hmm. when you just let all your shame out all of a sudden yeah. he can see you for who you are and mm -hmm. then you're having the shower with the lord where god sees you for who you completely are mm -hmm. just naked and like confessing all of that stuff and it's, that was when the lord could meet you in that moment it's like he washed my soul yeah yeah it was amazing Wow. It was great, for That's sure. That's so cool. And I remember being really nervous about, like, sharing my testimony, like, on the day of my baptism. Um, but I'm so glad that I'm so glad that I did, and I'm so glad that I was as honest as I was. Because there were, were a lot of times when I would, like, have to ask God, like, do I really need to share that? And he would say, yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. And so I shared what was on my heart and, like, everything that I'd been through and all that I'd done and I realized that in sharing and in, and in being so raw and vulnerable that I was deserving of love despite all that I'd done because mm -hmm. there's like no condemnation and there's no judgment in the yeah. kingdom yeah it's so good yeah like love keeps no records of wrongs so wow that's amazing that's the gospel yeah you were saying how um you were super self-serving before mm -hmm. can you give an example now about how you're not self-serving anymore Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's one story that it was probably just a few weeks into my new life with God, actually, that 
um, someone was posting on Instagram, just on his stories, like a lot of heartbreaking things. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him and I just invited him out for coffee if he wanted to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. he took me up on that. And I ended up sharing my testimony with him. And back then, like, I wasn't really discerning, like, what to share and how much of my testimony to share, depending on the person. So I just, like, told him, like, my entire testimony. Yeah. And when I got to sexual assault, he said to me, oh, well, you know that that's your fault, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember just, like, being so taken aback in that moment because I was like, whoa, like, I just told you, like, the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to me, and now you're telling me that it's my fault? Whoa. And I just remember being faced with, like, two different options. Um, I could get really angry and blow up in his face. Whoa. Or I could die to myself. Wow. And it was really through, like, just seeking God in that moment that I was able to just brush it off. Whoa. And that's what it means to die to yourself. And I just, like, kind of let it go. I just didn't really talk about it. Like, I didn't, like, pick a fight. I just didn't pick a fight with him. Yeah. Um, and instead, like, I continued on with my testimony. And we continued on by talking about him. And he ended up sharing, like, his entire life story with me. And just, like, all these, like, traumatic things that had happened to him. Mm. And I ended up, like, walking him to the Lord and just a few weeks before coming here, he texted me and he, he told me like that he'd found a ministry um, on his campus and that um, he'd found a church that he'd plugged into. And he wow. thanked me for starting him out on his faith walk. Wow. And I realized that, oh my goodness, like if I had like really blown up in his face, like God wouldn't have been able to use me in that moment to bring him to, to bring him to Jesus. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, and so that's what it means to die to yourself because you realize that, like, it's not really about you anymore. You know, you don't have to live for yourself anymore. Everything you do is for Jesus now yeah. and to love people. And wow. love is not easily angered. And in that moment, like, I had a choice. And also love is a choice. Wow. And Jesus empowered me to choose to just love on this guy. And he's like my little brother now. And wow. he's just such a sweetheart. And I'm just so happy and proud of him for, like, where he's at in his wow. walk with God. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's just, like, so backwards to what the world thinks, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, you that's your fault for being sexually assaulted, whatever. That's when you freak out and you block and you cancel. Cancel culture. Holy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember telling a few of my friends that story, and their jaws would just drop as soon as I would tell them, like, what he said. Wow. And they'd be like, well, I hope you, like, gave him an earful. Yeah. Um, and wow. then I would tell them, I would tell them, like, what I, what actually <laughs> went down, and... I think it just really humbled them. It humbled myself, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's supernatural. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That there's just been such a genuine transform like heart that you've received. Mm-hmm. But also too it is a choice, like you said. Mm-hmm. But you're seeking the Lord in all those mm-hmm. decisions and surrendering it to him, even if it doesn't feel like you want to, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so cool. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. You um you introed here with the pro life pro choice thing, mm-hmm. so like what do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, um so yeah growing up I was definitely pro choice um my body and my rights mm-hmm. no ovaries no opinions <laughs> all that mm-hmm. good stuff I mm-hmm. just I love the social trends I'd ride like every wave and society was very pro-choice mm-hmm. and I definitely agreed with that completely it just made sense to me mm-hmm. um as a woman too just 
you know, don't tell me what to do with my body, right? Yeah. And I remember coming to God and just kind of feeling like, oh, like, I feel like I'm still pro-choice. Um, and it just, it is what it is. And not really thinking much of it mm-hmm. about abortion. And if anything, I was just like a progressive Christian, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, no one really talked to me about abortion either after I was saved. But I do remember I had coffee with my really good friend one afternoon. And um, she had actually just suffered a miscarriage. Hmm. And I remember just sitting with her and just hearing her talk about, like, her miscarriage. And just being so heartbroken because I was like, oh, my goodness, like, she lost a child. Wow. Like, that is devastating. And I also remember feeling that moment just so convicted. And I just wondered, like, oh, my goodness, like why am I so heartbroken over like this miscarried child, but I'm not heartbroken over like aborted children. Wow. And I remember also being really horrified of that thought because like it just like was challenging my worldview. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got some screaming guys outside. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So I kind of just like ran away from those thoughts about abortion and I just kind of brushed it off and I didn't really want to think about it because I didn't want to be challenged in that way. I didn't want to change my perspective. Yeah. And that weekend, um, I went to visit my friend's church and I was waiting to enter the church and I was just kind of scrolling on my phone and on Facebook, someone had posted um, about a pro-life apologetics course. Hmm. And I felt God say to me in that moment that I was supposed to go to that. And I was like, no, but I'm pro-choice. <laughs> That's not for me. I'm pro-choice. <laughs> um, so, like, once again, I just kind of just shrugged it off. And going into church that day, um, the pastor, like, the sermon was on things that we make political that really aren't political at all. Wow. And it's really just, you know, it's not left-wing versus right-wing, but kingdom of Jesus. Wow. Or not. Wow, those are some bold statements there, sis. Uh-huh. And one of the things that he mentioned um, during his sermon was pro-life versus pro-choice. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there and I was like, okay, God, I feel like you're talking to me about like this pro-life versus pro-choice thing again. Yeah. So like if this is really you, like I I need a sign. I need a sign that this is you talking to me about this and that you're just inviting me to step into like a new way of thinking with you. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kind of wrestled with it during the sermon and after church, we went to um, we went out to eat actually with the congregation, mm-hmm. and I was sitting across from a stranger and just making small talk with her. And I asked her what she did for a living, and she happened to be a fundraiser for like the biggest pro life organization in like Canada. <laughs> and I was like, Wow! My heart just dropped, and I just like turned to her and I was like, Can you come sit next to me? Wow! <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, sure, hun. Um, and I just told her what God had been doing in my heart just Holy. from afternoon coffee with my friend and her miscarriage to like just walking into that church after reading that Facebook post and I told her I was like I feel like I'm supposed to go to like this pro-life apologetics training course and she just really encouraged me to and it wasn't judgmental she wasn't like aggressive it wasn't like hostile or anything it was just like an invitation like if you feel like God is trying to open your like open you up to something like you can just walk into it wow um, and so I ended up going to like that pro-life apologetics training course and I realized, oh my goodness, like I'm pro-life. Yeah. Like what they say is right. Like this is true. Like, oh my goodness. Like every argument that I had for, um, pro-choice, like they could just like dismantle Whoa. right then and there. And 
I was like that person who would be like, oh, wait, but, and they would have an answer. Yeah. And they would just kind of explain to me, like, really gently, like, why that was wrong, why that wasn't really accurate, and why my stance wasn't, like, correct or proper. And I realized that God loves babies and that God is life-giving. You know what I mean? And just in that moment, I just realized that I need to be pro-life. I am pro-life. Like, this is who I am. This isn't, like, a political thing. This isn't, like, a social trend. This is a matter of, like, being love. And, you know, love is not abortion. Yeah. Wow. And I just remembered being so scared of that, too, because, you know, my friends, I'm very, I was very opinionated. I probably still am really opinionated. And the idea of becoming pro-life and announcing that to my friends was so scary. Wow. Because I've known people who've had abortions, and I still love them, you know? Like, you're not what you've done. Right. You know, you are deserving of love. But I also just remembered, like, just being scared of being, like, judged or ostracized and just being like lumped up with like what i thought pro-life pro-lifers were just like really angry people yeah um but god just kind of really revealed to me just like really gently tugged on my heart um and showed me what abortion really was no one had to talk to me about that wow um i wasn't like indoctrinated or brainwashed like that's not what christianity (laughs) is i haven't joined a cult wow it wasn't like that it was literally just like a series of events in which god used um, other people and certain like events to like open my eyes. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, he's like a really gentle father. That's so cool. Absolutely. It's like the revealing of who Jesus is already in you, mm-hmm. and God's peeling back those layers of fake, whatever. Uh-huh. Not even fake, but like wrong ideas, wrong yeah. concepts, wrong all, wrong all of that. And as he reveals it to you with his light, he peels back that layer and then he gives you the opportunity to be like, Brittany, this is the new mindset that you can have, uh-huh. is the invitation. And it's just so cool how you're so sensitive to it. Uh-huh. And yeah, you just say yes to it, but he is, like you said, so nurturing and kind mm-hmm. and just gentle. And mm-hmm. that stuff can be uncomfortable, but I love what you said also, the image about like the the bone going back into alignment, because uh-huh. sometimes that stuff really can hurt, right? Oh yeah. Putting those bones back in alignment. But it's unto, like, greater healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that, sis. So you've been in the Lord now. It's January for July? Oh, July, September, July 21st. October, November, December, January. Six months? I know. Baby? Six months old. Six months old in the Lord. Amazing. And you, like, so what about, like, drugs and alcohol then and all that stuff? And, like, that stuff just fell off of you? Has there been any, like, temptations? Or what's the last six months been? I mean, all these new concepts, ideas, whatever. Freedom, healing. Yay. Yeah, I just haven't really needed any of that stuff because I used to rely on all those things, but I just, I found rest in God, you know? <laughs> I really have. I know it's so cliche. It's so simple. What it's the really heck? It's simple. Like, just <laughs> whenever I'm anxious, whenever I'm sad, like, I just, like, seek his comfort, and I just don't need drugs, and I don't need alcohol. Wow. I don't need attention from men, and I don't need attention from women. And wow. I'm just, I'm free. Seriously. Yeah. That's radical. Absolutely. Amen. Uh-huh. Wow, that's so good. Praise God. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing all that. Of course. Um, we're at YWAM now. It's so mm-hmm. funny you got baptized and <laughs> August. In August. Mm-hmm. And the day after I remember I was at work, I was working a landscaping job and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna send Brittany a a verse mm-hmm. that talks about being born again to a living hope and so I like send you this text message while I'm at work. I'm like I don't even remember what I said. They said, that's you now, sis. Like, you're born again. Uh-huh. Then I had this thought come into my head randomly while I'm at work. I was like, yo, I should invite Brittany to YWAM. I was like, I should see what she's doing in January because I've been wanting to go to YWAM for, like, 
years, which is awesome, like five years. And then the Lord finally opened up a door this year for me to go, but COVID canceled that. And then this fitness program I wanted to do was only running at a certain time. And so I was like, hey, I'm going in January. And then I was like, hey, Brittany, do you want to come? Like, what are you doing in January? You want to come to YWAM? <laughs> and then you had been praying that morning, hey? Yeah, I was praying that morning specifically about YWAM because I had heard about it back in 2018 and it was something that really excited me and that I found very fascinating, but mainly because of like the travel aspect. Uh-huh. Um, and I originally wanted to go to Kona for my DTS, uh-huh. but I thought that South Africa was cooler and more impressive, so that's kind of what I had my heart set on. But wow. after, after I was baptized, I kind of just really realized that like... I've entered a covenant with God, and I really don't want to live for myself anymore. Wow. And so that's what I prayed that morning. I said to God, like, I don't I don't want to pursue YWAM unless I get the okay from you. So I'm just going to stop praying about it altogether. Yeah. And if it's something that you want me to do, like, you'll just, you'll show me. Yeah. And so you texted me, like, just a couple of hours, like, after I prayed my YWAM prayer, my last YWAM prayer, and you invited me to go to Kona with you to do RTC, CrossFit. Um... And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a clear sign, but God, like, I think you kind of like misheard me. Like, I want to go to South Africa still. Yeah. <laughs> and well. so there's a little bit of a rustle, but I just, like, he was, he was so gracious. And I feel like he probably just chuckled at that because mm. looking at it now and just being here now, like there's no other place that like I was supposed to be. And there's no other place that like he would have wanted to send me yeah. than to Kona and with you. That's so cool. Yeah, it's been amazing. That's so great. We've had so much fun just like ministering together, hey? Yeah, it's been so good. Yeah. I think leading into coming to Kona too is interesting because I remember at your baptism just being like so touched by your testimony. I had no idea because we've been friends for like not super duper friends. You and I had went for coffee Handful at the end of yeah. 20, before COVID hit on campus. Was that 2019? Was that 2019 in the winter or yeah, in the? 2019 in the winter. Because I remember we had a really good coffee chat for like three hours in Haskane. <laughs> it was so good. We sunk into it. I was like, wow, something's happening here. Brittany and I just had the longest conversation we've ever had, whatever. And like I would see you at women's groups here and there. and But like you were just wearing that amazing mask. Mm-hmm, my fake mask. <laughs> fake Christian. Yeah. But then when you shared your testimony at your baptism, I was just so touched by it. I was like, God, I was like... I left that being like, God, I was like, I want to preach the gospel with Brittany, dude. I was like, she's got fire in her, man. Like, you were just going off, man. It was amazing. I was like, dude, I was like, Lord, what's going on here? And so then when I sent you that text message the next day, and then you just like, were like, yes, whatever. And I was like, what the hee-haw? So then it was so fun because I felt like after that, we didn't really text that much. I was like, God, whatever's going on with Brittany, great, bless her. Like, we'll pray for you here and there. And meanwhile, you'd been praying that the Lord would grow us deeper in friendship together, right? Man, you're just like seriously so humble little prayer warrior in the background so kind um so you'd been praying for that right and then finally like a month later i think i'd been praying for you it was like september and i just was bringing you before the lord while i was watering some grass at work or something <laughs> and i just felt the lord so clearly it was like cat like you can be to Brittany who your older sister was to you when you first got saved wow. and for me when i first got saved like my sexuality was so off that's like i couldn't really have that many close girlfriends mm-hmm. it was like really a niche few and so my sister walked me through so much stuff and then i just felt the lord be like cat like you can be a bestie with Brittany. Like, you two can be sisters. I was like, okay, Lord. So then I, like, texted you, and I was like, can we be friends or something? And you're like, I've been praying for that for, like, a month now. I was like, what the heck? And we entered into an intentional friendship. Discipleship. Yeah, discipleship, totally. 
and it's so interesting because I've been doing this business school through YWAM Singapore and they're talking about how you need like this discipleship plan like you know all this stuff and I was like god I don't even know what this is dude mm -hmm. meanwhile you've been praying for my YWAM program and for me this whole time that God would bring all these plans into fruition and now you are the answer to whatever that plan is wow. and it's just like oh He's so faithful that's so, so cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool so the couple months leading up to this has just been amazing because we've been able to like you know confess our sins to one another which has been talked about on just godly things and also to be intentional in calling each other out on things mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting with other friendships that are Christian you know like sometimes I call people out I shared about that on Paige's episode last episode but sometimes like those things just come out of the blue but like for you and I we've been intentional about it like hey you have permission to say what you see in my life mm -hmm. and it's been cool like you called me out for not being nurturing enough it was awesome but you did it in <laughs> such a gentle way and it's just literally who you are is like this amazing woman and I think it's been my highlight of us spending time together is just like you teaching me how to understand my emotions like whoa that's just been something over these years that's so hard for me to grasp and you're like hey how are you feeling about this or this or this or this and you have the ability to not only listen to people which is what I've been telling you but like to actually pull out whatever they're feeling in ways that they don't even recognize and that's literally who you've been for me in these last few months it's like this whole other side of me that I didn't even know existed and it's just gently being nurtured to life now wow. and in turn I've actually been able to do it with other people in like the ways that I've been growing in my emotions now too and it's just like incredible because yes it's like a discipleship and just because I'm five years old in the Lord like that means nothing like the whole kingdom of God is inside of you and you've mm -hmm. been like discipling me like crazy now which is just so like ooh, it's both end you know we get to encourage and power one another and I'm just like so grateful that we're here right now and for all that it's been so so cool yeah it's been really beautiful I remember um the first time you kind of called me out actually and you did it really gently too and I wasn't like offended at all and mm. you basically just told me that I was gossiping you're like hey mm -hmm. Brittany I think you're gossiping and I was like oh I think you're right and yeah. I just corrected myself and I repented in that moment and yeah. the Lord forgave me and yeah. going forward like I just became more careful about like how I was choosing to honor people and it's yeah. it's not legalism you know what I mean like Right. Walking with God is not legalistic. It's not a bunch of laws that you follow. It's literally just walking into love. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And doing it in community is the best, especially yeah. when you know that you're fully loved, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like you and I aren't here to get each other. We're not at mm -hmm. each other's throat. We're here to, like, empower one another so that we can become better and look more like Jesus, you know? There's no condemnation. Just, totally. Yeah. It's so cool. And there's no shame either. So I can share directly what's going on in my life and you can share yours because it's just totally free. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just been so amazing. Cool. So, like... We're here now, which is awesome, at YWAM, and it's been so fun just having to surrender a friendship because we had all these ideas about like wanting to get a vehicle while we're here and live mm -hmm. together and all this stuff. And meanwhile, COVID like puts a lot of just extra pressure and stuff on things we can and can't do. So I remember even getting here, being like, "Hey, God, like I just give you my friendship with Brittany. She's in the other room. I doubt I'll even <laughs> see her. Like, what's going on here?" Right. And. Um, they give us the option to kind of choose, like prayerfully consider what kind of outreach locations we want to go on. So with YWAM, I shared in the intro, cute little song, um, there's a 12-week discipleship part where you're training and every week's a different topic. And in this case, this Fire and Fragrance school that we're doing, there's roughly 150 students here. I think normally there's like 400, but with COVID, they only accepted a few, mm -hmm. but still a lot of people. So they go on varying outreach places and we pick them really quickly. Mm -hmm. So... Praise God, you and I ended up picking the same one. The Lord put us on the same outreach yeah. team, which is crazy. And we so, didn't talk about it either. Yeah, at all. But I think we both knew that we're supposed to be on the same outreach team. 
we just like didn't know what that was gonna look like. Yeah. And I think we just had like full faith in God that like if it really was part of His will that He would just put us on the same outreach team. Totally. So I just like I didn't tell you um, what was on my heart, and you didn't tell me what was on your heart either when yeah. you were yeah praying about that and pondering it. Hey. Yeah, totally. I think on my heart, like, dude, America's been on my heart like so crazy since all this COVID stuff. So I was like, Lord, I want to go on outreach. And then they're talking about different places in Southeast Asia and something just popped out to me. I was like, wow, I have to go there. I was like, we're not going to America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, they uh, did the reveal this week and we're going to a place in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. We can't say where because mm-hmm. it's confident. <laughs> Confidential. Confidential. <laughs> yeah. But dude, I can't believe it. I'm actually That's like crazy. so floored when that, they popped a balloon to introduce it. I was like, no way. It's <laughs> like, Brittany and I are going on the same outreach. I was like, God, what the heck? Like... That's the greatest desire ever. I remember, you know, when I first got saved in 2015, I was like, dude, I really want to do a DTS. It was the biggest desire in my heart. And I did the small program in 2016, which I've shared about, but I still knew that I needed to do one of these six-month programs. And I remember just being like, God, like, I want to do DTS with one of my friends. Like, I want to do a DTS with someone who's from my past or whatever and just be able to go hard for you together. And and then meanwhile, all this starts happening, and now we're going on the same outreach team. I'm just like, what the heck, God? Like... His timing is so incredible, and it's his so plans weird. are actually so wacky. And it's so this is like the greatest adventure I could ever be on. And I'm, I'm just so like, excited. Jesus, what the heck? Wow. So good. So we're here this week. First week was like, surrender your life to the Lord. <laughs> and like, slightly on Zoom, some of the meetings, because we were still in quarantine. Oh, and we're also doing a fitness program together. RTC, yeah. respect the corners. CrossFit. Right. CrossFit. Oh, man. So cool. Hey, what uh, what happened with all the body image stuff for you now that we're here? I think God is really just kind of redeeming all of that because for a really long time, like I was really obsessed with my body and just body image and bodybuilding at one point just because I was obsessed with looking a certain way. Yeah. Um, but God is just showing me that my body is more than just something to be looked at. Yeah. And CrossFit is functional fitness, and I'm really excited to kind of dive into that and just like really get into just celebrating mm-hmm. this body that God has given us mm-hmm. and it's crazy yeah first day of RTC people were like literally vomiting <laughs> it was like the Gabby. most it was the most humbling five minute workout that I feel like anyone had ever done like no one finished the workout it was crazy and I think it was really just to show us that like we're not here to look good we're here to push ourselves mm-hmm. no it's been so good so far also too just like it's not about actually how ripped you are or how strong you are mm-hmm. it's about pushing yourself for sure but you don't find your identity in that it's all about integrity right, right. and respect the corners um it's based on four corners, corners. faith love integrity family yes yes boom so good so good and it's just so powerful mm-hmm. yeah i can't wait for that to get started more and just curious to see how the lord's going to use that um in the future because i do feel it's really um, important for whatever's to come but also we just had father heart week which is so fun that was also huge for me this week because i gave my life to the lord out of father father heart week in kansas city in 2015 that's Aww. when daddy god met me with his love so god. that was just a real sensitive week for me i was like god we've come so far you're amazing like what the heck i got saved at one of these weeks five years ago it's just like so nutty um there's a couple things i wrote down in case anyone listening if you're listening you want to hear a couple banging quotes that I wrote down from our speaker this week. Do you have anything you want to share? I'll share first. Okay, this one says, everyone builds their identity on what they think is the most important part of them whole. And they draw their self-worth from it. While someone's clapping outside, they agree. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Also, this one's really good. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your sin. 
God, though, God knows your sin, but calls you by your name. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, that's powerful. Okay, and one more. No, two more. Um, sin is what you do when you're not satisfied in God. Amazing. And the last one, God made you so only he can name you. Instead of the society or the world naming you for who you are, you aren't, you know, it's like, wow, it's so true. So it's like, why would we find our identity in anything else other than Jesus when mm -hmm. God's the one who made us, right? It's like, and why settle for anything else? Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that really stood out to me was on forgiveness um, during Father God Week. And Father. Father God. Yeah. I don't remember who was speaking, but someone, I think it was Daniel, but he said, forgiveness is a choice. It's not an emotion. We forgive because we know it's right to forgive others, not because we feel like doing it. And when you forgive, you're not letting people off the hook. You're letting yourself off the hook. Wow. You're making room in your heart for God's love and for his healing. Wow. And I love that because I, I do think that it's really important to forgive. And I do think that you can forgive right away. Healing might take time, but forgiveness itself can become such a stronghold when you don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you forgive someone, you're not like, it's not like saying that what they did didn't actually hurt you. But it's saying that it did hurt me, but I'm, I'm going to let you go because I'm not going to hold you to your actions. And yeah. I'm not going to hold myself to yeah. what I've experienced. Yeah. And there's just so much freedom from that. I love yeah, that. Totally. You're like a living example mm -hmm. of that with your dad, right? It's just, wow. Yeah, thank you. So good, That's sis. Sweet. That's yeah, amazing. You can really only get closure from God and healing from God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, we've only been here for like two weeks, but it's been like super crazy. We've been crying like every single day, like just like on our faces. Wow. And it's been it's amazing. It's radical here. We're getting wrecked. Seriously. Yeah, nasty. in like the best way. They're like really militant too. I think of my eyes have just been opened up once again to like, okay, everything's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's literally, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Yeah. And the whole reason why we're on this earth is to know God and to make him known. Mm -hmm. And that's like YWAM's motto, know God, make him known. <laughs> And it's so true because, like, God wants to use us in our giftings and talents and, yeah, but he's the one who gets the glory and it's because of him that we do this stuff, right? So YOM really is just quite a, it's a sending movement of you come here, you get trained, you get equipped, and then you get sent out, whether you want to do full-time missions mm -hmm. or you want to go back to university and be sent out your university, all that stuff. And so it's just so cool. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. Should we leave it there? You're definitely going to come back on the pod. Can't wait to see what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. How about we end it with uh, yeah. putting your little audio clip at the end? Oh, so cute. <laughs> that's so the good. entire thing? Are you going to edit it? Maybe I'll probably edit it. it. Yeah, Put a little idea. tunage under there. Oh, but so yeah, cute. after... Ooh, I got a prophetic gift. Or a prophetic word you in 2019. Word? Remember when he said that I'd go to do YWAM? That's so crazy. Oh, yeah. He did say that. Yeah. He did get a word. He did. He said I'd go on vacation with the Lord. That's so good. Yeah. And you're vacationing here. In YWAM with the Lord. That was so wacky. That's my honeymoon. Wow. Amen. Yeah. That's so good. Praise God. Yeah, prophetic words are so real. Uh -huh. Yeah, actually, there is something that I do want to add. Um, just the Bible verse that I've been kind of meditating on in this season. It's in Isaiah uh, chapter 44, verse 22. I have swept away your fences like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. And I just feel like that Bible verse is just a beautiful representation of like what God's done in my life and what he can do in yours. Amen. That's so good. <laughs> I love that. Redeemed. Mm -hmm. It's been so good to hear about your life more and all the places that the Lord has been and is going to continue to redeem all those things. So, mm -hmm. 
Amen. Wow, okay, well, let's listen to this cute little uh, audio thing. <laughs> okay. That's See you next time. <laughs> See ya. Hey, Catherine, this is totally nuts. Um, like, really, 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 really nuts. Because um, I'm reading what you just sent me, and I'm not kidding. Earlier this morning, I was talking to God about YWAM, and I said to him, I was like, hey, like, you know, I really want to do YWAM, and... I'm going to stop praying about doing YWAM because I'm just going to trust that if that's something that you want me to do, I am going to go for it. But I'm not going to like force myself to go do it because before, like my plan was to finish university as soon as possible and go do YWAM because I wanted to go by myself and, you know, just I was self-serving. Like I wanted to do YWAM out of self-serving reasons. And so I said to God literally this morning, I said to him, if you want me to do YWAM, I will, um, but I'm not going to ask for it anymore because I'm just going to trust that if it's something that you have placed in my path, like I'll get a sign, I'll get a clear sign. And then now you're texting me, Catherine, and you're asking me to come with you to do YWAM in January. And um, another thing which is super crazy was I was actually talking to God um, also today, like a half an hour after this conversation with him about YWAM, I said, hey, like, you know, my schedule isn't looking too great um, with school right now. I just wasn't able to get into certain courses. So like, if this is a sign from you that maybe I need to, you know, take some time off to really kind of like grow in my relationship with you, like that's something I can do too. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to finish as soon as possible so that I could go run off to, you know, go country hopping because, you know, once again, self-serving, but like now I'm serving God. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense to you, but you know what? Like, I'm totally down to do CrossFit Kona with you in January, like 100%.